0: Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590.
1: Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome to or welcome back to Gardening Naturally. It's going to be another hot day today, looking at 100, but then this cold front is coming through, and it'll only get to 99 for the next week. Like I said, nobody can tell the difference between 99 and 100, but psychologically, when the weather report had, what did we have, 10 days in a row of 100 degree, 105, 108 degree temperatures, 99 is a refreshing cold front, so maybe we can get some, uh, some relaxation out there. Maybe we can get our plants to do a little better. Let's go to the phone. This is JJ. JJ, what can I help you with?
2: Hey, thank you. Um, I bought a uh, eucalyptus um, plant at a central Austin nursery yesterday uh, because it smelled amazing, and I thought it might be something deer would not eat. Uh, But when I got home to read a a little bit more about it, I uh, read some not so great thing. So I wanted to get your opinion on whether it would be a good thing to put, um, outside a home here in, in, in Austin. I read that the bark is kind of prone to, is very flammable and can ca- can catch on fire. I, I read, I was surprised to read that this little bush can grow up to a 30 to 40 foot tall tree. Um, and it
1: JJ, you still there? Because I don't hear anything. JJ, I'm going to assume you can hear me, and I'm going to answer this question, hopefully, for lots of folks. First off, it's really unlikely that you're going to have a eucalyptus grow to its 30-foot Height in central Texas. We are not conducive soil wise and we're not really good uh, temperature wise and rain and all kinds of things that are going to limit the size of that plant. Number two, um, fire wise is an important thing to take into account when planting plants. Some plants will just burst into flame. That sounds silly, but that's what we're talking about. If you ever see the cedars go up, those things can explode. Some plants are very resistant to fire. A fig is a really good choice for a large plant as a barrier. It takes a lot to get a fig to catch fire. So it can protect you if that should happen around your home. If you have this eucalyptus, keeping it in a container where you can control the soil and the moisture, where you can move the container around, uh, you can uh, have a beautiful plant. You're right, they smell great. But I don't think you need to worry about them being this super duper 30 foot tall bushes. That's not going to happen in this area. Uh, And as for the firewise thing, I would not put it in the ground too close to your home if you want to try to do it in the ground. No guarantee it's going to make it. It's really... We can grow them here and they're better in a container and you can let them get fairly big by putting them in a fairly large container. That's the only thing I can recommend for you it's what we have to deal with i really am i'm really glad that you look to see about the firewise information because um, this kind of weather we're going to see it more and more often and there's going to be a lot of fuel for fire so the last thing you want is something that burns really easily real close to your home J.J., I don't know how much of that you got. Um, I hope you heard it. Let's go to the phone. This is Lamar. Lamar, what can I help you with?
3: Uh, Back in mid to uh, late April, I purchased some yellow straight-neck squash uh, in four-inch starter pots from the local nursery. Uh, underground, they've been watered on a regular basis and also fed on a regular basis. When I say regular, they're being fed uh, about every three weeks or so. Uh, watering is every two to three days, depending upon the temperature. I've had numerous, numerous blooms, but that's as far as I get. Now, I did get one fruit. Uh, got about two inches long, and then it just died. What can I do? Is there anything I can do?
1: Okay, the first flowers you'll get on a squash will be male. We kind of think that it's an effort to attract pollinators, to let pollinators know that, hey, flowers over here. You will get a bunch of male flowers when ready the plant will start producing female flowers with fruit on them. It sounds like the one fruit you got wound up getting blossom and rot. starts to grow and then it rots from the end and it falls off. Not unusual, not critical for the plant. You should start seeing more and more female flowers. But I have to tell you, You may not get many of those because of the heat. Even though yellow straight squash does well here, you can really have a good crop, it doesn't like the heat that it's in. It would be something in the fall or the spring that would produce much better. Don't change anything you're doing. It is still possible that it will produce fruit for you and you'll have a crop. But don't be surprised. It always starts out first with a whole bunch of male flowers. And then it'll start producing female flowers with fruit. Uh, the, The heat is killing everybody this year. It got hot, super hot, super fast from decent weather to, oh my gosh, you know the asphalt's melting weather the plants are having a hard time adjusting to that and i don't know if uh i don't know if you will get anything you can be patient and see what happens if you don't you can always get a new start in september and put it out and get a crop later in the year Okay, all right. Now, the exposure
3: I have, it does get morning sun. It's still in a little bit of full sun right now as we speak. However, in about an hour or so, it's going to be in a partially shaded, partially shade to full shade environment.
1: Well, you're giving it a break from the heat that way. So that is good. That's not a bad thing. But we are still physically that hot. It's not just the sun that produces the heat. The air temperature is very high, too. And that can be hard on the squash.
3: Okay. All right. Well, patience isn't necessarily my virtue, but I will try my best.
1: You would, you would run the best nursery in the world if you could bottle patience and sell it to gardeners. But I haven't <laughs> found anybody who does that yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thank you a lot for taking my call, sir.
1: Thanks for the call, Omar. Um, Tom, I see you there. Can you hang on? I need to take a break. I'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Tom. Tom, what can I help you with? Good morning. Good morning. I've got
4: uh, two questions. Both are really tree grooming questions. I had redbud that died in the freeze, uh, ordered a new one, and it's more of a, looks like a bush than a tree. To get that looking into a tree, do I need to cut all the other uh, growth off and try to pick the biggest one or have multiple uh, trunks uh, what do you recommend on that
1: a red bud is considered a tree but it's more of a multi-trunk um, you will have trouble finding red buds that have been trimmed up to be a single trunk can be done but it's kind of hard on the tree It should be a multi-trunk. Now, you can trim up on the trunks to make a canopy and to have a clear view of the multi-trunks underneath it, but it isn't really intended to be a single-trunk tree.
4: Okay, because the ones,
1: the two that were there
4: uh, before were single-trunk that died out. Uh, So, okay, all right. Uh, Second question. Has to do. It's actually my neighbor's oak, but um, I, I, to me, it doesn't look right. He had a oak that, in this last uh, freeze, uh, they pretty much whacked the top off, and it, at about five feet, cut the the uh, the trunk and left it there. And now growths coming out and all all places. Is that something you could uh, say trim up to the top and and just have the uh, branches that are pointing up to to try to develop a, a new tree from that?
1: Yes and no. It depends on the health of the tree. Most of the folks who got tagged, whose trees got tagged in the super freeze, their trees did exactly what you're talking about. Some of them tried to trim off the branches that it didn't want tried to reshape the tree tried to get it to come back some people were successful or sort of successful they still have a tree but it is a very weakened tree um that there's no guarantee that it will come back or be a good looking tree and do what you want it to do etc he he really should probably contact a good arborist because they're going to tell you how that's going to do. I had one just like that. had an arborist come out because we were going to remove another tree, and he went, you need to take that one down too. And it had lots of green leaves on it. It had lots of branches on it. But the way they were growing and how it was affected, it was never going to be a good-looking tree again.
4: Hmm. Okay. All right, uh, it's his tree to do what whatever. But I just thought I'd, um, I was just curious about it. If that was something you could, you know, rebuild that tree, so to speak.
0: Well,
4: Jeff, thank well, you so much. Always enjoy your show. Appreciate your your commentary.
1: Okay, thank you for the call, Tom. And remember, you can do whatever you want to the tree. Like you said, it's his tree. If he wants to try to make it a good-looking oak go for it however i don't know what the overall health of the tree is and this is when you speak to an arborist. this is when you get a professional opinion to tell you is it worth your time and effort and that's kind of a personal choice as to whether it's worth your time and effort as they say but uh i can't tell you over the phone
4: yeah I, i understand
1: all right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for the call, Tom. Bye. Yeah, folks, we still have trees look horrid. Uh, some weird shapes to them. With uh, They look super fuzzy because of all the little branches that are coming out. I don't know. I can't tell you which ones are going to make it and which ones aren't. Uh, I would love to have an answer for you. I know it's important to you. You've made an investment in the landscape, and you don't know what to do with your trees. So rule number one, give them what they want. You want to be healthy? You've got to eat good food? you got to, oh, that nasty word, exercise. Trees, they need the water. When it's appropriate and the right amount, uh, compost once or twice a year around the root zone, a good mulch to keep the soil cool. Those are things that will really improve your trees. And some trees require trimming. Now, uh, loquats, fig trees, red buds they are plants that Start out multi-trunk. Can you make them single-trunk? Maybe, maybe. But you're really making the tree do something that it wasn't designed to do. You can be inducing a lot of stress in it by trying to keep uh, a single-trunk appearance. I know people that I've seen a huge single-trunk pomegranate. And it was not at all attractive. It was, in fact, a single trunk, and it tried to bloom and produce fruit, but it did not look good, never did. I don't think it's there anymore. I think they cut it down. So if you want a single-trunk tree, go get a single-trunk tree. Don't try to take one that is a multi-trunk, and go, well, I'm going to force you to be a single trunk. That is not conducive to the health of the tree. You have to understand. And the other thing is, don't look at a tree and go, oh, I'm going to plant uh, this crepe myrtle. And I read the label and it says it gets to 30 feet tall. Oh, I'm just going to keep trimming it. I'll just keep it cut back. No, that is not good for the plant. If you want a tree that grows uh, 10 feet tall, get a tree that grows 10 feet tall. Don't buy one that grows 30 feet tall and think you can keep it topped off. You can't. So plant what will grow in the space you need. You, 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 can't, you can't force a plant to be smaller than it wants to be. It's very, very hard on the plant, terribly hard on the plant. So if you want a single-trunk tree, find a single-trunk tree. If you want um, an eight-foot-tall tree, find trees that only grow to eight-foot tall. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour. I need to break for the news. I'll catch you all on the other side.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Welcome back, everybody. Um,
1: dealing with the heat is really starting to wear on people. And, uh, you know, you can't blame them. This temperature has been pretty brutal. I can't imagine having an outdoor occupation in this weather. So uh, give people a break, okay? It, it is hot and terrible. Now imagine how uncomfortable you will be outside in this weather. So are your plants. It is it is hard to imagine spending all day, you can't move, you have to hope on rain, which we don't get. We don't have a best of breeze, and you're stuck in the blazing sun all of your life. So these plants take a beating and their performance will change from one to the other. So it is, uh, it is not unusual to see smaller blooms or no blooms, no growth, browning leaves, just really terrible performances from our plants. It's the heat, folks. It is the unbearable, terrible heat that we have been dealing with. So just, uh, just be ready for it. Your plants need regular water. What does that mean? Well, for your turf grass, it needs one inch to one and a half inches of water per week in this heat. So when you run your sprinkler system, the entire trick is to run it so that it soaks in slowly into the ground. You don't want any runoff. You're totally wasting the water if you do that. Now... If you are watering one inch per week in your veggie garden, rose bed, flower beds, that's probably going to be enough. The goal is to build up that soil so it can really hold water properly. So make sure that you are adding organic matter that you are using products like Medina Soil Activator, that you're putting down molasses or compost tea, all the things that help build up the soil. The better the soil, the better the water retention is, the less water you lose, and the better your plants will be. You know, a simple trick, let your lawn grow taller than normal. I'm not talking letting it grow to 12 inches tall, but St. Augustine grass, let it get to four inches tall before you mow it. The longer grass will shade the soil to keep the temperature down. The longer grass means deeper roots. The deeper the roots, the cooler the soil is underneath that. Use these tricks to help your plants get through what we have here. And that is we're having a really tough winter. For those of you uh, who are uh, looking to get your trees pruned, like your oak trees if they need it there's a reason for an arborist they know how to do this they know how to make your trees look good so do what you can do what you can uh to keep that tree as happy as possible. Now, when you water a tree, if it's a really uh, young tree, been in the ground less than a year, you should probably water it, slow soak, um, slow soak, deep watering once a week. As they mature, If we have gone more than 30 days without rain and these high temperatures, you should look at watering your larger trees. Try to water along the drip zone. You don't have to fully encircle the tree. That would be great if you could. But if you apply water to only one side of the tree, guess what? The whole tree gets it. A root on the far right is not responsible for the growth on the branches on the far right of the tree. The whole tree can do this. Take up that water. So you want to water a well-established tree in this kind of temperature at least once every 30 days. Hopefully we get rain at least once in that 30-day time period no guarantee no guarantee Uh, the watering cycle which is really important is that you want, the deeper the water goes into the soil, the longer the roots will be on the plant. The deeper the roots, the more access to cooler soil, the more access to nutrients, the bigger the top of the plant can be. And water is water, folks. tap water, even most well water, is going to be alkaline. That's okay. The plant needs water. It's not the pH of the water that's the problem. The mineral content of the water is not a problem. You don't have to treat it. You don't have to do anything with it. If the leaves are yellowing, How often are you watering? Overwatering a plant will cause a yellowing of the leaves. If you are applying an inch of water per week, hopefully you're applying it all in one day, then you really shouldn't have yellowing leaves from overwatering. It could be a disease, but it's probably not. Anything in the water. Now, I said our water is acidic. Uh, Excuse me, alkaline. Rainwater is acidic. That's why plants look so good after a rain. When the water is more acidic, there are nutrients that are very hard for the plant to get that suddenly become available. And the plants will do great. What is in the water doesn't bother the plant. And it is by no means practical to acidify the water you're watering your plants with. If the pH of the water coming out of the tap is 7.5, I cannot tell you how many gallons of, of vinegar you're going to need to add to how many gallons of water to get it down to a lower number. Our soil is alkaline, our water is alkaline, and the plants can do just fine with it. So don't uh, don't try to make a big effort out of providing some perfect water um, water conditions to your plants, folks. This is gardening naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at
1: 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back everybody. <clears throat> um, we're dealing with the weather. I'm not really I'm I'm not happy with it. Uh I would love to be outside. I just can't handle the heat. So it's early morning or late in the day where you'll see me outside. Try to get the work done during the coolest weather. During the heat of the day, sorry, I'm sitting in front of a fan. I I am not going to melt if I can at all help it. So... What do you do if I have plants and plant A looks really good? Nice, rich, dark green leaves, etc., etc. Plant B, which is the same kind of plant, is not as dark green. The same plant doesn't perform the same way everywhere the ones that are light green may have not more water but maybe they don't drain as fast i have a piece of uh, my property that has a shelf for lack of better words if you were to dig down you're going to find a limestone shelf and underneath it is some decent soil Well, on a slope, you can see where this line is because the water is running underneath that shelf, and the stuff on the shelf, it's not getting very good water, but the stuff at the edge of the shelf where this water is coming down, soaking into the soil and running down underneath it, they look pretty good. You can actually see a green band in the turf grass. Two plants, two identical plants planted in the ground, uh, two identical plants can have totally different behaviors. It's like kids, even twins, they, they are not mirrors of each other. If you have two kids and there's anything between them different in time frame, like one's one year older than the other one, you will see different behaviors. The same thing with plants. They can be planted in the exact same environment, given the same kind of treatment, and they'll look different. You have to work to figure out what is the problem between the two. Now, Can you improve their thing? Are there things you can attempt to do to try to help them become as dark green as the other plants? Yes. There is a product called Copperus, And it will uh, provide iron in the soil. There's a ton of iron in the soil. The problem is, is that we are so alkaline, it's very hard for the plants to get them. It can't pick up that iron. So copper allows you to, it's actually sulfur and iron. You, you spread it around your soil. And when you water, it will break down and make more iron available. That is not always the cause for the light green but it can help. There's also seaweed plus iron. You can either drench the roots or you can foliar feed the plant. And that will, if it's an iron deficiency, that will correct it fairly quickly. And you'll be able to go, yeah, you know, I sprayed that and things got dark green again, really in a hurry. You probably did have an iron deficiency. And the easiest way to repair an iron deficiency is to make sure you have lots of organic matter in the soil. Organic matter, as it breaks down, makes acids, makes the soil more alco- more acidic and makes those nutrients available. Folks, let's go to the phone. This is Reed. Reed, what can I help you with?
2: Hello. Yes. You can hear me. Yes. Good. It's it's Wade. It's not Reed. But anyway, that's okay. Um, I was uh, listening to your show about cloning the uh, the some branches off a tomato of plant. Does the cut that you make expose the main stalk to any disease or insects?
1: Um. Technically speaking, any wound on a plant exposes it to disease and insects. Okay. However, clean tool, clean, sharp cut, and it'll be okay. I mean, the wind blows and breaks branches on your tomatoes and things like that, and they can continue going on. But if you're going to clone it, clean tool, um, nice, sharp, clean cut, and you should be fine.
2: Okay, because... I've, uh, I've procrastinated in putting uh, some plants in a bucket, and it's in a you know, five-gallon bucket, so I'm kind of gearing up for the possibly the fall to get some cherry tomatoes in the fall.
1: Well, this um, is one way to do it. If you already have the plants and you need more of them, cloning is one of the easiest ways to get a good plant to uh, produce even longer.
2: Good deal. Thanks for the info, uh, and uh, enjoy your show.
1: Well, thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. Um, Cloning your tomatoes is super easy, folks. If you've got one that has been particularly productive for you, clone that one. Six to eight-inch cutting, cut off a branch, clean cut clean tools and stick it in some really lightweight potting mix. Keep it moist and it will make new roots for you. No rooting hormone needed. If you happen to have some, it can help, but you don't need it. And before long, you'll have yourself a new tomato start. And looking at the calendar, you will probably have a pretty decent-sized tomato to go in the ground, oh, probably mid-August. And it can start setting more and more and more roots. And in the fall, when the temperatures drop down, you'll have a very productive plant and uh, get to have another season of that particular tomato. You can clone a lot of plants. Tomatoes just happen to be super, super easy to do. They really lean themselves towards that. But you can do the same technique with a rose branch, rosemary, some trees you can clone that way. Mulberries, you can cut a branch and start it that way and get a mulberry tree. So play around, try it, see what happens. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain by having a brand new plant that is producing for you again. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Um, coming up on the top of the hour to break for the news and the end of the show. So uh, I will talk to you all again Tomorrow at 8 a.m.